At Closer Discipleship, we help others grow closer to God and to each other. We do that through Bible studies, leader training, teacher training, and just general discussions on the topic. We do all things discipleship on this Closer Look podcast. The benefits of knowing Jesus Christ are endless. So how are we supposed to narrow it down and put it in one podcast? Well, it's impossible, but I did narrow it to three. They're my top three. Take a listen. Hey, ladies, I'm Brenda Rhoda, one of the Closer Bible Teachers. Ladies, I went for my first pedicure in over a year. That warm weather got me thinking of sandals. So on a Friday, after a busy week, I was looking forward to my appointment. If you have had a pedicure, you know what a treat it is to put your feet in a warm tub of water. I was planning on closing my eyes and reflecting on the week I had. That is when the salon worker asks if I still work at a church, and I respond, yes. And then she asks, in very quick, syncopated way, well, do you think Jesus is coming back? That's what I've heard on the news. Is that why we've experienced this pandemic? Ladies, I am so glad we have been immersed in the book of Romans and in writing our testimonies because normally my response would have been, rut row, but this time I was able to engage in a conversation about Jesus and the hope I have because of him. Just like you, each week I work on my lesson. And just like you, I attend a closer group. Mine meets on Sunday mornings. And when my leader said recently, get your testimonies ready to share, I got mine in a printed form. We are in this together. The salon employee is a Buddhist and a native of Vietnam. She knows a little about Christianity, but she is curious for more. And so for the next half hour or so, I was able to share just some of what I've been learning, things that you've been learning. And I was also able to ask her some questions about her faith. Now, I don't always get it right, but I do think by staying in God's word, by going over our testimonies and practicing them, we're allowing room for the Holy Spirit to move. And I know the salon worker is not the only one with questions. So let's be ready to share the hope we have in Jesus. Let me pray before we dive in to this last section of Unashamed. Father, you alone are the one and only. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the Bible, the revelation that you gave a man so that we could know you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives inside every believer. We continue to find meaning and hope in these verses. Would you continue to show us the revelation and meaning of your words to Paul? And may we all bring glory to your name. Amen. Well, Paul has leveled the playing field for all of us in the first four chapters of his letter to the Romans. Everyone comes to faith in Jesus Christ in the same way, as a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. It does not matter if we have grown up far from God, steeped in a sinful way of life, 
or if we grew up in the church and we know all the right things to do and all the right things to say, but we live our life the way we want to, as though Jesus is someone you think about on Sunday, but that's about it. Romans 4, 24, Paul said to the Romans, God will also declare us to be righteous if we believe in God. You know, sometimes I have this mental picture of an hourglass. The top is very wide, the middle is narrow, but then it gets wide again. So all who hear the gospel, that is how wide the message is sent out. That narrow gate, that's the center of our hourglass. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. But the benefits that come with that decision of entering the narrow gate are numerous. They fill the bottom of the hourglass. Pastor R. preached on these benefits last month, and our commentary listed out eight benefits. They're on pages 57 and 58 of your lesson. But for the purpose of this podcast, I want to highlight three. Obviously, they're the three that God has been working on in me the most. The first one is the peace that comes to us from knowing Jesus Christ. The second one I want to talk about are the resources we have when we go through trials. And finally, how our lips are filled with rejoicing. Let me start by reading Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We have peace with God. The first benefit of our justification is that we now have that peace with God. We are secure in our standing before Christ. On some level, when we read that, we quickly agree. But the real question to me is, do I live like I have peace with God? We've been justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. This state of spiritual warfare has been changed to one of peace. Would others say they see that in us? When we're in the grocery store, or when I'm at work, or when we're on the way to school to pick up our kiddos, because this peace is all-encompassing. See, we have peace with God, we make peace with others, and we experience a new measure of personal peace as well. One commentary I read said, from our side, we realize this new state imperfectly because we may still cause turmoil with others, and we may still experience inner turmoil ourselves. But from God's side of things, this is a perfect and perpetual peace. He has made peace with us through Christ's blood shed on the cross. God does not go to war against us again. We are secured by a peace treaty, and that peace treaty has been signed with the blood of Jesus Christ. 
We remember from our lesson in chapters 1 and 2, God was not at peace with us, but rather at war with us because of our ungodly and wicked behavior. Remember, we use the word wrath a lot. But Christ bore the Father's wrath in our place. He died for us, and we received the benefits of his atonement by believing on him and in what he's done. So where does this lead? Obviously, it leads to peace with God. For once we have been justified by faith, the cause of the warfare between ourselves and God has been removed, and permanent peace is the result. Thus, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go back to those questions again. Would others say they see that peace reflected in our daily life? You know, I know the past 12 months have been, well, a bit chaotic. If I heard the word unprecedented one more time, honestly, but it's true. A pandemic has been life-changing, but we are nearing the end. We're nearing the end. You know, after a very difficult time of suffering, David wrote to the 40th Psalm, and I just want to read some of these first verses. Psalm 40 starts with, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. God still turns to us and hears us. He hears every single prayer we pray. He will still set our feet on a rock. Maybe we just need to stand and sing a new song. To sing a new song of God's faithfulness of the blessings he's given us in the past 12 months. Rather than the trials we have been up against. Maybe of what we've learned rather than sharing all of the challenges. What have we learned in the past 12 months? What new song does our Savior want you to sing? We can make a decision and join the world and talk like everyone, or we can tell of our hope in Jesus, of how faithful he has been to our families, how we learn that a busy schedule is not a better schedule, how he has met us in the uncertainty and he has caused us to see clearly. Benefit number one, Knowing Jesus brings peace. May that be evident to all. But the second benefit is just as meaningful to me. We have the resources we need when we go through a difficult time. Let me read Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So how do we respond to life's trials and tribulations or to suffering? Paul says that believers respond to their trials by rejoicing in them, however strange or inappropriate or irrational that may seem to unbelievers we rejoice. You know, honestly, how is that even possible, right? Who responds with rejoicing? 
but the text gives us the answer. It says, we know, we know that suffering produces something. These two words, we know, are important because knowledge is the secret to everything Paul says at this point. Believers rejoice in their suffering because of what they know about it and because of what we know about God. We do not know everything there is to know about suffering, right? We don't, and we don't have time for that all right now. But we do know that suffering has a purpose. In fact, the Bible lays out several purposes in suffering. Job told his friends that suffering is common to man. Everyone goes through suffering. Some suffering, though, is corrective. It is meant to get our attention. An example of this can be found in David's life. David mourned the loss of his first son with Bathsheba. That grief was hard. It was unbearable, but it got his attention. Some suffering is constructive. One commentary explained it this way in Romans 5, 3 through 5, that our suffering on earth produces something. Perseverance is the first thing we get. You know, an immature believer tries to get out of suffering, but the mature believer is steady under fire and does not quit. Suffering produces character and suffering produces hope. And that brings us full circle. We started with hope. We saw it as an assurance of what will one day be ours, though we do not possess it yet. And then we look at suffering. We saw why we can rejoice in suffering because it leads to perseverance, perseverance to a weighty character and character to a steadfast hope. And all of this is further evidence of our security in Christ when we share in Christ's sufferings and embrace suffering like he did. You know, we're going to soon enter Holy Week. And passages in the four Gospels are good to go back and review because there's no greater suffering than the suffering Jesus endured on the cross. Jesus said very little as he hung on the cross. He could hear the insults. He felt their spit as well as their nails. And his lips uttered words like, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. On more than one occasion, okay, on several occasions, the Lord has had to convict me of my critical spirit during suffering, complaining over things that really just need a bit more prayer. We can rejoice in our suffering because God will use it to grow us up into strong women of faith. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a strong woman of faith, even if it means going through suffering. We don't just rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in Jesus Christ. Let me read Romans 5.11. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We're going to and the way we started, right? By rejoicing and by boasting. But there's a slight difference here, and I think it's worth mentioning. 
Paul says in Romans 5, 2, that we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That is, we hope in our eternal place with him in heaven. But in Romans 5, 11, we are boasting or rejoicing about the one who puts us in heaven. Just go with me a bit with us as I talk about that one that puts us into heaven. God is holy. He is omnipotent. He is a just judge and the Messiah of the world. And he chose us. Not only did he choose us, but he appointed work for us to do on this side of heaven. And part of that work is to rejoice or to boast in him. One of my new favorite Psalms is Psalm 130. And it is short enough that I should be able to commit it to memory. But listen to what this holy God offers his beloved. It says, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there's forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. When we fall in love with the one and only, we easily boast and rejoice in him. Ladies, we have completed the study unashamed. But wait, there is more. The best is yet to come. Join us for Victorious, a closer look at Romans 5.12 through Romans 8. We'll see you next time.